the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We are fortunate to be alive at this moment in history. I can hear you. I can hear you. The rest of the world hears you. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. The truth is plain to see. If you want freedom, take pride in your country. If you want democracy, hold on to your sovereignty. It's time for the Pro-America Report with Ed Martin of The Answer San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pro-America Report. This is Ryan Height filling in today for Mr. Ed Martin. Glad that you are with me. Glad to be here. Tell you what, uh, Ed is out on assignment today. Uh, so I am actually going to replay a couple of interviews from this week uh, that I think are incredibly important. Important. Uh, if you didn't hear them already, I'd like you to listen to them today. Uh, let's get uh, let's get straight into it. Up front here, we always have the what you need to know. This is a good time uh, to remind you go over to ProAmericaReport.com. Uh, but here, in the spirit of it, let's get to it. The wink. What you need to know. Uh, and uh, here, here we'll 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 just go straight into this. There's no uh, there's no better way. I'm going to pull it all together. It's going to sound a little crazy maybe to you before we start. But uh, today, I'd like to talk about uh, UFOs and wildfires and a few other things. But but let's wrap it all under this umbrella. Here's what you need to know. What you need to know about is science versus psyops Uh, and let me define those terms here real quick of course uh, science oh my goodness if we've talked about it uh, a million times we've talked about it a trillion times in the last three years science 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 uh, the science follow the science trust the science uh, settled science all all, all kinds of ridiculous things that have been said about science but but let me go back just a little bit i want to define this term real quick for the sake of what we're talking about here Um, in general the knowledge or certain knowledge or the comprehension or understanding of truth or facts by the mind of man. The knowledge or comprehension and understanding of truth, of facts, truth or facts by the mind. Uh, this is from Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary, the first American dictionary. None of this nonsense of, of modern ones. Let's go back to what the word means, even before the technological era, before the Internet. Uh, in general sense, knowledge or certain knowledge, the comprehension or understanding of truth or facts by the mind. So it has nothing to do with uh, what we feel like or what we want to be or uh, even different viewpoints. It has to do with what is and with our comprehending what is, not deciding what is, but comprehending. Uh, and then when you look at science in a philosophical manner, it's going to talk about a collection of uh, general principles or leading truths that relate to a subject. Uh, so Science is the pursuit of truth. Can I define it that way for us? I, I think the, I think that's an appropriate definition uh, a, a, for our purposes. The pursuit of what is of truth and the recognition inherently that there is truth and it exists separate from us. So science versus 
psyops. Now, psyop is a really cool phrase, really high-speed, fun, highfalutin phrase that uh, you go and Google it. I, I, I promise you what you will find is connections to the U.S. Army, uh, Wikipedia pages that talk about U.S. Army psychological operations, uh, and that's what it is, a psyop, psychological operation. But what this is, these are um, programs and operations that are created to deliver or convey uh, what we would call certain specific information to an audience to influence their motives and their reasoning. So ultimately, shaping the behavior of foreign powers or foreign armies or foreign uh, forces by our U.S. military. That's the predominant thing when you hear psychological operations. So a PSYOP, something to influence what someone else thinks or feels versus the science, the pursuit of what is, the understanding of what already exists. So when we look at the prevailing issues of the day, whether it's UFO hearings in Congress, the latest videos, whether it's the catastrophic fires that have happened uh, in Hawaii, uh, the response, or rather I should say the failure of government to um, stop and prevent the spread of these, to clean up after them. There, there, there are so many things filling our headlines now. And I think that it is incredibly important. And what you need to know is we must be diligent and very um, tuned in to determining what is science and what is a psyop. Uh, and, and that's a cute and colloquial way, I think, of, of just being able to wrap up. Are we looking for the truth or are we letting people lead us to the story they want us to believe? Or are we letting people distract us from something they don't want us to see? And uh, whether it has to do with uh, someone, uh, something that someone is doing, like all of the ridiculous things, and, and I'm one who actually looks at it and says, I'm not even talking about whether UFOs or what, what is it, UAP, something, un- unidentified something, there's new phrases that go around it. I'm one of those that says, I don't know, I'm not even going to get into the discussion here about whether UFOs are real or not and where they're from and if it's you know this or that. But the stories, the hearings, all of this stuff where the headlines are just flooded with it is just so conveniently come at times when there is a story that's very unflattering to the first family, to the Bidens, or something else that happens across the world. And it's almost as if, you know, you almost couldn't ask for a better distraction. Well, guess what? You have to ask the question, was it done that way on purpose? Was it was it done in this order, in this timing? This thing was released or we, we uh, you know, uh, put a bunch of whistleblowers forward on this or talked about this or this just so we would make sure we didn't have to talk about this other thing over here that's really not flattering that we don't want to talk about. Is this what the powers that be do? I think that that's a valid question worth asking. And, you know, you could be uh, worried about someone trying to pigeonhole you as a conspiracy theorist. But in this day and age, when wars are fought hardly at all with you know just the the battlefield anymore but in the in the um arena of ideas and the arena of deciding what is truth and if we get to even decide what truth is or if we have to recognize an objective truth that none of us can change in these uh arenas of warfare over ideas and words it is i think incredibly invaluable to apply this mindset and first ask the question now hold on am i looking at someone or or something that is pursuing science pursuing the knowledge and the understanding of what is or am i looking at someone who is um uh pursuing a psyop or or perpetrating a psyop on me wanting me to see or not see something or believe or not basically wanting me to arrive at the result rather than looking for the result that we all get to find together these are very 
different directions to go. And I think that if anything, we've learned anything from powerful people's activities the last several years from uh, the era of uh, COVID and uh, the CDC reigning, uh, reigning supreme over all issues of science, so they thought. Uh, in these eras, I think that that is an incredibly important uh, question to start every news story with. I, am, am I looking at someone pursuing science or someone pursuing a psyop? Someone who's trying to tell me the conclusion or someone who is bringing me along in their journey of looking for the conclusion uh, rather than making it themselves. I think that this is incredibly important uh, for all Americans to understand. And I tell you why um, this needs to be said, because we live in an era where it is, in my opinion, and I think Ed would agree with this and has said these very similar things before. We live in an era now with the power of the world's information at our fingertips, on our smartphones, in our pockets, in our hands, and yet it is almost, it, it feels like harder than ever before to find out what's true, even though all of this information is more accessible than it's ever been. And I think that the way that we begin to overcome this, the way that we begin to move forward is to shake off ourselves and encourage our fellow Americans to do the same. Get rid of this distraction and entertainment culture that we have allowed ourselves to be sucked into, whether it's live entertainment, going out and enjoying your time with uh, friends and family, or if it's uh, being sucked into a Netflix show or binge watching something or playing you know, video games, whatever it is. They're, they're, fine, I'm not bashing these things. I mean, there's a time and a place for entertainment. That's fine. But we have become so comfortable in our entertainment that when we have to go and do the groundwork, the legwork of finding out what's true or what's not, and then participating in our civic uh, duty, in our civic mindedness, uh, in culture, in our American society, it's just so hard. I just, it's so, so much easier to just watch this and be entertained than it is to go over here and do this and do research. Well, guess what? It's important. It matters. And things that matter are often hard to get to. It is the hard stuff that builds our character. So that is a value that we should uh, take to heart, that we should apply to our everyday lives. When you hear information uh, given to you, man, it's time to go out and find out, is this true or not? And it is time to start looking at everything and asking, is this science? Is this a pursuit of what is? Or is this a psyop? Is this running me toward uh, something else? Uh, someone trying to put the conclusion uh, onto me rather than put the facts in front of me and we're all following it to what it means. So uh, what's it going to be? We got to put the legwork into it. It's our job. It is our responsibility. And I think it's something that we need to start asking ourselves every time a flashy story comes up, every time a, a, a tragic story comes up, every time something uh, of a great magnitude hits the news we need to be asking the question uh where is the science what is the pursuit of what is the understanding of the facts not the creation of a story uh, i think this is incredibly important to understand so let's let's take the last few weeks ufos uh wildfires there's a lot more i'm sure coming down the pike uh look behind the stories and find out what's happening what what does someone not want me to see or what is someone trying to feed me uh, it, it's a valid question to ask don't be afraid of being called a conspiracy theorist you're looking for the truth you're not looking to create a conspiracy be bold in that and i think it's something that we preach a lot on this show but i wanted to make sure i specifically tied that into some of the the, the um, current news stories that are propelling uh, the cycles out there so uh, i hope that you will uh, join us for the rest of the show got a couple of great interviews and i want to uh, bring up one more thing here as we wrap up the show uh, here at the end come on back to the pro america report after this break uh, we will dive right into it with a couple of great guests a couple of great interviews and we will see you there after the break go to proamericareport.com and we'll see you back in just a moment
Welcome back. Welcome back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. I've been looking forward to this interview uh, for a while. We actually didn't have it set. John J. Miller is the director of the Dow Journal Dow Journalism Program up at Hillsdale College. I've mostly seen him myself because he writes in places like the National Review and the Wall Street Journal. Um, he's got a number of books. Uh, the First Assassin, uh, The Big Scrum, How Teddy Roosevelt Saved Football. That's I've actually read that one. And then The Polygamist King, A True story of murder lust and the exotic faith in america that one i want to read now so <laughs> welcome uh mr miller how are you sir i'm excellent Ed. thanks for having me on so uh, you know you're a journalist and a writer so words matter to you what's happening when the wokeness and the sort of misappropriation is easy but just reappropriation of words is happening so regularly in this country you you can't say something stupid or distasteful if it's also happens to cross paths with the wokeness it's a it's extraordinary how this has happened it's a time of great censorship and cancellation of course and sometimes that means self-censorship but also cancellation by others and this was one of the great insights of george orwell and his excellent novel 1984 which which many of us even if we haven't read it we know about big brother and thought crimes and double speak and all these concepts he introduced in that novel we also think about the telescreens and the surveillance society and so forth but really the most powerful idea in that book and for, for all the ways that it, it prophesized our future, a future that in some ways is here right now with how our phones always know our location and, yeah, uh, you know, Alexa always listening in, that sort of thing. His greatest insight had to do with language and the notion that if you can control the words that people use, you can control their thoughts. And it's a it's a complicated idea and it has more to do with just mere censorship, not just you can't say this, you can't say that. But the idea that if you actually eliminate certain words from the language, it'll become impossible to express certain thoughts and then people never will think them. And so in the totalitarian world of 1984, he imagines the society in which they impoverish language to the point where you cannot commit a thought crime because you can't even think the words to say the thing. And so that's what we're looking at right now with all of with all of these attempts to, to rule certain words and ideas out of bounds. We're, we're speaking with uh, John J. Miller, again, the director of the Dow Journalism Program at Hillsdale College, an author in his own right, um, at Hey Miller on Twitter. You can follow him there. So with social media on top of that, it's exhausting. It's perplexing. It's anxiety inducing. And it looks like and feels like the business model, whether it's TikTok or the New York Times, is designed that's the way they get it they got to get you agitated so you'll come back and try to solve your agitation and it's exhausting it sure is and one of the bits of advice i give is is if you're getting agitated on social media it's probably time to get off i mean <laughs> you know right. obviously obviously the the news of the day and the events of the world you know no matter what your political persuasion you know things will upset you or annoy you that's just the nature of life but if you find yourself getting caught up in minor disputes, skirmishes that turn into wars and so on, you know, get off, you know, turn off the phone and go do something else. Go play with your kids. Go look at a beautiful painting. Go do another thing that is actually healthy. Now, social media is a wonderful tool, but it is what we make of it. Right. And, and we can turn it into a cesspool 
of pointless debate and accusation and recrimination and, and frustration and aggravation, or we can use it as a way to keep in touch with people, a way to get information about the world around us. And you've got to be careful about what accounts you follow, what you take seriously, how you respond to certain things and so forth. So if we use it well, it can be a really amazing tool of information and friendship even. But if you use it the wrong way, uh, it really becomes horrible and, and, and frustrating and, and, and even, you know, terrifying. Uh, again, we're talking with John J. Miller, the director of Dow Journalism Program up at Hillsdale College. I imagine that you saw David Brooks' recent column in which he describes how when he was a young newsman, he, you know, in the newsroom were lots of people that came. And I think David Brooks may be uh, like a Jewish American, but came out of a, uh, I was going to say, you know, Irish Catholic, Italian Catholic, all these different. The, it was a working class environment. You know, uh, Pete Hamill, you can picture the the columnist for the, was it the Daily News? in New York, and he wrote some great books, A Drinking Life, I think is one of them, extraordinary. But you look at it now, and journalism, at Hillsdale, I think I trust that you teach the guys and gals how to get to the truth and that you care about the truth. Journalism, though, in most of the big places, Washington Post, New York Times, CNN, that are doing quote-unquote journalism, it's not even close now. It's a kind of elite bastion of sort of um, control and influence and condescension. I, I, I don't know how you save journalism with one program. You got Hillsdale and that's about it. Well, we're doing our best <laughs> graduating some pretty good, some pretty good young people. I will say this about journalism. You know, it's a profession. I love it. I, you know, I have no regrets about going into it. I, I really enjoy the work. If you're, if you're a curious person, if you're curious about the world and you like telling stories, there, there's, there's really nothing better. <laughs> what I say about it generally, though, is right now in 2023, journalism never has been better and it's never been worse. The, the worst part is easy to get, right? We're always getting frustrated at journalists. There's just, there, there's incompetence. There's lies, there's ignorance, there's all kinds of things that just make it really bad. And there are writers you can't trust, publications you ought to avoid, and so on. At the same time, information has never been easier to get than right, it is today. Right, right. I mean, if, you know, when I when I first went into political journalism, and this is this is more than 30 years ago. If I wanted to quote whatever the president said in the State of the Union address from 18 months earlier, it's like, what do you do? You know, where do you find that? You know, you got you got to start calling around. Maybe there's a record of it somewhere. Will somebody fax it over to you, please? You know, that kind of thing. You know, now I can get that in 15 seconds. My point is, if you're a journalist who is a truth teller, you can get reliable, accurate information very easily right now. And it makes it much easier than ever before to acquire this information and share it with readers. And so you see that actually in a lot of journalism. And there's great journalism going on right now. There are publications that you can can read and trust, and you just need to know what they are and, and, and find them. Well, and but if 30 years ago, when you were first getting in the business, you would have said, wow, if I could get on the evening news, if my story was so compelling, got on the evening news, three channels, it would get a ton of attention now. And and that maybe that was a gatekeeper that we didn't recognize at the time. Now, the gatekeepers that can kind of amplify your truth are are they seem to be left almost exclusively. Well, I don't I actually think. I actually disagree with that. Okay, good. The, the, you know, the, the, the nightly news shows were so powerful right. um, a generation and more ago. You're right that like the most important people in the country for news were, 
uh, Dan rather Tom broke on Peter Jennings. Yep. And, and what they decided was the news was the news. And of course, they were turning all the time to the front page <clears throat> of the New York Times and the Washington Post to decide what is the news. That was at least center leftists making those decisions all the time. It was riddled with liberalism. Right. And when I went into the profession as a young conservative, you saw there were, there, there were only a few places that could make the news. There were all these gatekeepers and it was dominated by liberals. And we, we yearned for a time when conservatives would have greater access to the news. Right. Right. And you know what? We got it. We actually, in some fundamental ways, now have the world that we wanted back then. And what I mean by that is those shows are no longer important. I mean, they're mm-hmm. important. They matter. But they're not what they were. They're not even close to what they were. Right. And instead, you have this proliferation of of political sites of many different views often announced ahead of time. I mean, the, you know, the Washington Post probably still pretends that it's a you know, uh, plays it, you know, is objective and so forth, even though it's not. But if, if you look at just conservative websites, I mean, back, back in the, back in the day, there was only National Review and like the Wall Street Journal editorial page and maybe a few city editorial pages around the country. Right. But now you've got the Daily Wire, the Daily Caller, mm-hmm. the Daily Signal, the Daily Everything, right? Uh, Washington Free Beacon, these, these really great sites with, with different strengths and weaknesses, but but all these avenues for for yeah. getting the news out and for telling the truth from a conservative perspective. Those things did not exist. Yeah. They could not exist years ago. We have them now. It can be frustrating that sometimes the stories we care about that we think are important have trouble breaking through into a, into a wider audience. But we've never had a better chance uh, uh, than, than we do now to have that happen. <laughs> You know, I'm and I'm glad. Uh, thank you. I'm out of time, unfortunately. John J. Miller, uh, thank you. Hillsdale College, uh, and I think that's helpful. The way you just you explaining that for me, uh, the frustration we have is uh, a frustration that's in some ways positive. So, I've got to take a break, though. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Another one of the good ones, Pro America Report. Uh, we'll be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Our next guest, very, very interesting. I do love the state of Oklahoma, not just because it's a uh, next-door neighbor from uh, Missouri, where I'm from, but there's really cool people from there all over the years, and, and some friends of mine have moved there. Well, our next guest is actually the superintendent of public instruction for Oklahoma. His name is Ryan Walters. Now you think, well, that sounds like a big job. How do you get that job? Is he a friend of the governor or whatever? No, in Oklahoma, and they run for this position statewide in Oklahoma, make the argument and win to be the superintendent of public instruction. He had previously served as the secretary of education, which is an advisory role. Uh, but this is one that you run for. If you follow him on Twitter, Ryan Walters, S-U-P-T, Supt, uh, superintendent. And uh, welcome, sir. How are you? I, uh, I appreciate you having me on. I, I'm doing well. We are moving our education system and getting it back on track here in Oklahoma. So we're going to keep fighting for parents over here. Well, it's a good time to be in the spot you're in as a conservative because parents, I think, woke up from COVID. Uh, they woke up from uh, some of this crazy uh, uh, transgender stuff. But let me, before we get to that, let me ask you about um, running for this office because a few months ago, I think, uh, former President Trump floated something about like electing our local, maybe our even our principals. And and of course, the people went crazy. They were like, "Oh no, no, I can't do this." Here, here's my point: you get a different kind of accountability when you're a candidate, right? You're going to have to answer 
questions differently, be responsive differently. I, I really like the idea of having an elected education leader. I, tell me about your thoughts on it. You, you deal with a lot of people across the country in different states. I know that would be your colleagues that would be, you know, picked by a school board or elected or appointed. It, there's a lot of different ways to do this. Listen, I think that there's a lot of wisdom in having these elected offices, because here's what you've seen in education for so long. You have an established elitist group. A lot of times it's higher ed influence. It's teachers unions. It's administrators associations that claim that they are the only people who should really speak into what our education system looks like. That's absolute nonsense. Taxpayers are paying for our education system in our states. We have parents, grandparents who know their kids and their grandkids better than anybody else does. We have a government bureaucracy that's grown and grown and grown. And so the reality is, is, you know, hey, when we ran for this office, I took the message right to the people. I I went and met with parents, groups, grandparents, taxpayers from across the state. And we had a real conversation. What do you want an education to look like for the next generation? What, what do we want? Well, you know what we want? We want all the liberal indoctrination out of the classroom. And we want to shift the focus back to reading, writing, arithmetic, and true American history, where you understand American exceptionalism. You understand the principles this country was founded on. And again, it inspires this generation to want to continue this great experiment we know as America. But also, it inspires them individually. People want high expectations on their kids. People want their kids to have character values. People want their kids to, hey, maybe you go to college. That's great. But you know what? Maybe you don't go to college. Maybe you get right into a trade school. Maybe you get right into the workforce through an internship or externship program. We want to make sure that all kids have every direction possible in their life to meet meet up with their God-given skills and talents. And so that's what we heard and that's what we ran on. And so we were able to win with a mandate that we're going to come in here and shake things up to make sure that we get that education system back on track. Well, again, we're talking with uh, Ryan Walters, and he is the superintendent of Oklahoma schools. And uh, I'll put up on Twitter a link to his uh, his Twitter handle. But let me go to this piece. You have an op-ed piece a few days ago over at uh, Fox News. And uh, China is paying the piper in our public schools. The problem with China-backed programs in schools is twofold. I First of all, let me, let me clarify. Uh, when you're in charge of Oklahoma schools, are you all the way from K through 12 and then through college? Or are you K through 12? And, and do, do these Confucius Chinese funded institutions, I don't think I knew, are they going down to K through 12? Yeah, so I'm K through 12. And yes, sir. So let me give you a little bit of context on this story that is just every parent's worst nightmare. Back in the early 2000s, what we had is we had these communist Chinese government was paying for these Confucius institutes in both higher ed and K-12. President Trump comes in, he puts regulations in place, which flushes them out of our higher ed institutions and our K-12 institutions. Biden loosens these restrictions. Then what we see is the Chinese government starts funneling money through a nonprofit in Texas and paying for these institutions. Listen to this. Higher ed actually shuts them all down because it was obvious this was the same money being laundered through this nonprofit. But 28 K-12 institutions across the country continued doing these programs, even though they knew that's where the money came from. One Hmm. of them is in Tulsa Public Schools, which, again, as you've already connected, it's no coincidence that our biggest school, also our worst performing school, is the school that takes in every left-wing indoctrination program. But this one, not pushed by just American leftists. 
This is literally the Chinese communist government saying, you have to tell these positive stories about our Chinese communist government. They literally censor some material. You cannot talk about these issues in our government. And so not only are we undermining American exceptionalism, we're undermining our institutions. We're literally promoting this radical Chinese huh. communist government. Can, can can you get it out? Can you as in your position or does it can you get it out of that school system or does it the local school board get a say? Can the legislature do it? I mean, what is the uh, what is what's the next step on this? Oh, we are going to get it out. Um, right now, we've required uh, the district to turn over all the information. Where'd the money come from? How much money did you get? What are the contracts? What is the content? What were all the curriculum that you were given for this course? We are now working with our legislature and our, and our legal bodies to figure out, do we need a statute? Do we Can we do an executive order? But this will absolutely be made illegal in the state of Oklahoma. And again, I, I've been trying to issue this you know, warning sign for everybody across the country to go, guys, I mean, I, I know it's hard to believe, but we need laws on the books that say you cannot take money from a hostile foreign government to promote propaganda in your K-12 child schools. Yeah, it's awesome that you're doing this in part. I, you know, I tell people the Soviet Union, after the fall of the communists, the Soviets, we discovered how much uh, infiltration they were doing. And and there's no reason to think that the, the Chinese are any less in, uh, aggressive than the Soviets. I mean, in fact, there's lots of reasons to think they're more aggressive. Does the this is Tulsa. Tulsa's where this is. I, I mean, Oklahoma's a big state. I think of it as a red state. I think most people do across the country listening. But you got these pockets. Right. And so Tulsa would be uh, like like I hate to say it, like uh, um, St. Louis, where I'm from, or San Francisco, where they had terrible prosecutors that have let the violence go up. They also have terrible schools. And so uh, are the citizens of Tulsa that have lived through this, are they getting it? Are you finding it popular with maybe non-traditional Ryan Walters supporters? Absolutely. Oh, oh, th- we are driving this message through. Um, you know, I've actually demanded the uh, superintendent of Tulsa Public Schools resign, step down. We've got to get new leadership in there. It is unconscionable. This has been allowed to happen. 12% of kids there read on grade level. They've allowed a million dollars to be embezzled. I mean, it is a complete disaster. But I'm connecting all these things because this is what right. you see in these districts that are run by radical leftists. As we go out into the community, number one, absolutely, you've got conservatives with with common sense values going, how in the world did this happen here in Oklahoma? And number two, you just have common folks that go, the kids aren't reading on grade level. We have most of the districts here, 65% of her schools in her district are failing schools, which means they're in the bottom 5%. What is going on? And what you see is leftist ideologues in our education system that are truly more concerned with creating social justice warriors than they are creating a competent learner who can actually read, write, and do math at a basic level. Hmm. Ryan Walsh, our guest, he is a superintendent of schools in Oklahoma, elected a position statewide. One, I just have a little bit over a minute left along the same lines. And I, this is harder one, I think, in some ways, harder to sell because parents use them as crutches. But social media is such a crutch for kids. And TikTok is another source, one of the dominant sources for young people. How how do you handle that one? Are you going to are you going to have a, a plan for TikTok? I mean, that's a tougher one, I guess, to do at the local or the state level compared to federal. But seems like a problem the same way. Absolutely. You know, that's one of the things we've been doing is working on guidance around, look, you know, what you have is you have the Chinese communist government that is trying to influence our kids through TikTok, through social media, and then directly through funding these things. And again, this is where, first of all, we have to block these ways of influencing our kids and indoctrinating them. But number two, we also have to be aggressive in pushing, what do we want in our schools? We are launching a significant civics package for our districts of curriculum, of trainings, of professional development, because here's the reality. We have to play. We have to get these out. So we got to play some defense, but then we got to turn this into offense. Hey, our kids 
should know more today about the founding than ever before. This country is under a greater attack today the indoctrination of our young people than we've ever seen in our history. So this war now is going on for the minds of our yeah. young people. You yeah. have to be aggressive and go, hey, here's our founding documents. Read the declaration. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to flag this for you. What you've seen in our history classes, I'm a former history teacher, so that's what I did before I before I stepped into this role. What you've seen is they've moved away from primary sources. They don't want your kids reading the Declaration of Independence or the Constitution or the Federalist mm-hmm. Papers. Well, why right. is that? <laughs> They'll let you read what a 1960s professor says about these right. documents, right. and it completely shifts yeah. the understanding of what made this country great. We have, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm telling you, first of all, it's a disservice to the intellect of our kids. Our kids can understand these documents. We went through all the Federalist Papers, and we did deep dives on every line in my class. They're capable of it, but number two, it allows them to shield them from what the actual meaning of the documents was and indoctrinate them. Yeah. Ryan Walters, hey, thank you very much. The superintendent of schools in uh, Oklahoma, I'll put up on social media. Excellent. I've got to run on a break here. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. We'll be back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Travis Lore is an average kid who became an unfortunate casualty in the war on woke. As a graduating senior at Kellogg High School in Kellogg, Idaho, Travis was to take part in an assembly where he was to give advice to the underclassmen. Departing from his pre-approved remarks, Travis said that, quote, boys are boys and girls are girls. There is no in-between, end quote. Reportedly, Travis's remark was met with vigorous applause from his fellow students. However, the woke ideologues at the school were not happy with Travis's threat to their power, even if it did come in the form of a simple statement backed up by all of history, a wealth of scientific research, and common sense. Because of his remark, Travis was quickly barred from participating in his own graduation ceremony. This sent students and the community at large into an uproar. More than 100 people protested outside the school in favor of Travis. And this included a school bus driver who was quickly fired for protesting. Fearing that the threat to their power would grow further, the school announced that they were postponing the graduation ceremony. But they secretly held the ceremony anyway to avoid any negative attention. While these underhanded tricks are bad enough, the course of Travis Lore's life was permanently altered just because he had the courage to stand against radical transgender ideology with simple facts. Travis was set to begin a path to his dream career working for the U.S. Forest Service. However, his job offer was revoked by his would-be supervisor, who is also married to a teacher at Kellogg High School. The case of Travis Lore is a sad commentary on just how low the left will go to punish those who do not adhere to their radical dogma. What once was, we just want to be left alone, has quickly turned into, we want you to celebrate our depravity or else we'll ruin your life. Travis deserves to be praised for standing up for the truth, not punished. Yet if these shenanigans can happen in rural Idaho, they can clearly happen anywhere. Will your child be the next one punished for challenging the left? This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Political correctness is no longer simply about restricting speech. This tool for tyranny has led to employees being fired, pastors silenced, small businesses closed, and truth suppressed. 
Thankfully, the politically correct can't censor the work at phyllisschlafly.com. Join us, won't you? At phyllisschlafly.com. And thanks for listening to the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Hey, welcome back to the Pro-America Report. This is Ryan Haidt uh, here to close out the show. Had a couple of great interviews there. Glad to have had them. And, uh, of course, uh, all that following the wink. What you need to know that we always kick off the show with, uh, go to ProAmericaReport.com and make sure you can go find the links for those standalones for this uh, entire podcast for the show today and uh, all the resources that accompany it. Share it with a friend. Uh, let them know what you're listening to. The good conversation starters that you all would want to have with each other. I think that's incredibly important. So head on over to Pro americareport.com and sign up for the email and uh, grab a link and send it to a friend see what they think about some of the things that we're talking about here some of the stuff we heard from uh uh, John Miller today, Ryan Walters, and uh, and uh, also uh, what we might need to think about and know. But I wanted to uh, wrap us up here with um, something else. I know at the beginning I said, you know, we, we're going to talk about UFOs and uh, wildfires in Hawaii, all these viral topics that are just covering the news everywhere you turn and look. Uh, of course, we're talking about a principle behind those things here in the What You Need to Know. But um, there is another uh, viral uh, uh, internet phenomenon that I think that uh, most of you have probably run across. If you haven't, I'm going to point you toward it. And I just wanted to take a few minutes and uh, talk about it. And, uh, you know, there's there's 101 people now talking about a song, uh, a, a country song, a uh, really a soulful and, uh, and uh, almost uh, a sad um, anthem that has come out of the uh, of the small country music world not a big uh, not a big name not one of the big pop stars that fills uh, uh, thousand uh, thousands and thousands of seats in arenas which you know there I said pop star so I guess I've revealed my thoughts about modern country music but it's neither here nor there uh, there's a young man named Oliver Anthony who has taken the world by storm which I don't think that's an unfair thing to say 21 million views in nine days online the number one trend for music on youtube i'm sure that is probably the same across uh, multiple platforms i would find if we looked uh, almost a hundred thousand comments a million likes uh, 21 million views this is very interesting but if you haven't seen it yet um when i say seen it or heard it uh, oliver anthony young man out of the east uh, east side of the country has uh, written and uh, performed a song called rich men north of richmond and I think that this is a very um, interesting cultural moment to stop and pause and, and uh, see what it means. So let me say this first. Uh, if you haven't listened to the song yet, I think it's worthwhile. I think you should. Now, I'll throw up the warning, of course. This you know maybe not something to listen to with your kids. There's a two or three words of adult language in there. Uh, although, I, you know, you could argue whether it's called for or not in such a uh, cry of... Um, Really, what is a shame uh, in the shambles that this country is is seemingly becoming? But uh, put that warning on there. There's uh, there's uh, there's a little bit of a maybe adult uh, language, but I think it's worth listening to. I think it's worth um, seeing as well, and I think it's worth reading the lyrics. Um, I, I know I am a musician uh, by hobby, and uh, I you know tend to try to approach uh, uh, other artists' work uh, with the 
gravity that they would want, uh, taking time not just to put it on in the background uh, behind uh, behind the you know car drive home, your commute, uh, but to actually take a moment uh, to stop and use three minutes and ten seconds. That's what, how long this song is. Uh, go find the YouTube link. I'll, I'll drop the the link actually in the description here for both the, the video, uh, which is not a highfalutin fancy music video. It's uh, Oliver Anthony standing at a microphone with his guitar singing, and I think it's incredibly valuable to take that time to sit and listen to see him perform this obviously incredibly important piece to him, something that he has poured heart and soul into, uh, and then to go and read the lyrics as well, maybe listening to it again or just read them when you're done, because I think that there is an incredibly important message here uh, for us in America, and if I could just sum it up, it is the crying out of our past, the crying out of uh, just everyday Americans uh, who have built this country the people who take care of their families and uh, exhibit that rugged individualism, but also take care of each other uh, in their communities. And I know we hear um, a bunch of this uh, garbage of uh, taking care of our communities and all sorts of stuff from politicians, uh, both sides of the aisle, although I can uh, very specifically think of a lot of leftists I hear it from now when I know it's completely disingenuous and you ought to know it too. But I think this is an outpouring uh, of emotion. Uh, and, and I heard someone describe it as a dirge, as a funeral song this uh, lament over what's gone and who's taken it, uh, who is actively taking it from us and, and for the sake of their own power and fame and influence. The rich men north of Richmond. You grab a map and tell me what cities do north of Richmond if you don't already know. I think you'll figure it out pretty quick. Uh, but I think that this is a very um, unique cultural moment. It's definitely an emotional experience, in my opinion, to listen to the song and watch uh, Oliver Anthony deliver it. I think it's something that uh, we should all do and understand uh, this, this um, moment uh, in America because um, it really is where we have arrived at a point where people are not making it. They're not getting by and surviving no matter how hard they work. And it is definitely happening um, at the, uh, this is the cost of elites uh, who have put themselves in positions of power and influence to enrich themselves on the back of others. So I think it's worth your while. I think it's worth uh, your time to go and look at it. And again, I'll put that uh, little bit of a language warning on it, but I'm going to drop the links below. Uh, go and check it out. North, uh, Rich Men, North of Richmond by Oliver Anthony. If you haven't gotten onto the viral trend, this is one I, I would recommend. Go and take a look. It's worth your time and um, worth listening to. Lots of breakdowns out there, but go, go, go to the source material. Find the original thing. We preach that here on the Pro-America Report. Go to the source material. Uh, if you haven't heard it yet, click on the link below and, and, and watch that. But um, we're going to wrap it up there uh, for the show today. Thank Thank you for being here. Thank you for being with us, uh, being a part of this and uh, taking a look at all of these things, these cultural moments in art and politics and wherever it is across uh, the American spectrum. Thank you for being here with us each and every day uh, to consider these things and to look at how it uh, matters to us as Americans, how it matters to our nation. So uh, thank you uh, to Ed for being our great host. Thank you all for uh, putting up with me here today. And thank you to Noah, our technical director, who keeps all the trains on time, as Ed always says, uh, and mostly thank you to you for taking this information and moving it forward go to proamericareport.com find all of the uh all of the links and resources the podcast the standalones and we will look forward to talking to you on the next one next week until then have a great weekend everybody three stars
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.